Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Well, let me introduce, I I, uh, found some interesting things. We are excited to be here for we know this is where God wants us at this point in time. There are lots of beautiful people here who really care about the work of the Lord, and we are glad to be part of them. That's Reverend Keith Holt talking. When they came to the church in 1982, they were interviewed by the newspaper, and Sue found the newspaper article of when they interviewed you and came. Those are your direct, direct quotes. Uh, Keith Holt talking, the young... <clears throat> Pleasant, personal man of God who came to the Vineland area a month ago with his, you're just getting that joke, aren't you? Yeah, just try to keep up, will you? Uh, Vineland area a month ago with his family to become the pastor of what was then the Malaga Pentecostal Assembly of Dutch Mill Road. Mr. Holt graduated from the Northeast Bible Institute, previously located in Green Lane, Pennsylvania, which is now the University of Valley Forge, where he completed a four-year program in Bible and theology, graduating in May of 1993. And he met his dear wife, long-suffering, patient, gentle, wonderful, exceptional wife, there, Amen. Uh, where she majored in Christian education. I may or may not have added some of that into this. After graduating, the Holtz moved to Springfield, Missouri, where he attended the Assembly of God Graduate School and majored in Bible and theology, completed the requirements of a Master's of Arts degree. After ministry in Pennsylvania, the Holtz served our church family from 82 to 87 and then moved to the city of champions, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And all God's people said, amen. In 1999, Pastor Holt uh, became the pastor of First Assembly in Carney's Point, New Jersey, where he served until his retirement. He He went there a little before we came here, right in that same time period. I tease him because I consider him a great friend and love and respect him dearly. And he's just a great guy. And he's not just a good speaker. Like when he's off of the pulpit, he's a great guy. And you don't always catch that. You don't always have that. He's a man of God that has served God for a long period of time. Now, if you're pastor of a church for any length of time, if you haven't wanted to quit the ministry, then you're not doing enough because the rest of us want to quit almost every Monday. But you know what? He never did. Never did. He remained faithful to his calling, faithful to his wife, faithful to his family. And we are honored, honored to have him with us today uh, celebrating uh, another month of our 100th anniversary He was so good this morning online that he had said, give me a cue when I have two minutes left because, you know, we have to be up here and everything. And I got so excited about five minutes into his message, I said, amen. And he thought it was almost time to wrap it up, but I I forgot that was supposed to be the cue. But I'm excited to hear it again and to hear just what God has put on his heart, just an enthusiastic, encouraging message. We're going to have cake and fellowship afterwards. We'd like all of you to stay. I have old pictures of them as well, which 
deep down, I wanted to put them on the big screen. Yeah. I really did, but I didn't. I'm going to wait till he's not here, and then we'll throw him up there and we'll say things. But we have some pictures of them when they were first here and their family. He's going to introduce some of his family as well. Let's welcome Pastor Keith Holt uh, back to Hope Assembly of God. Thank you, Pastor Randy. Um, thank you for having us come to share during this time. We were supposed to come back in September, and that got changed. Um, let me just say, how many of you have ever heard me speak before? And you're here. <laughs> you're courageous. Maybe it's because Pastor Randy said you better be here or else. Uh, I'm not sure. And how many I've never met before? I'm sure. Hallelujah. It's, uh, it's so good to be here. I'm trying to picture what this church looked like in here because you guys have done a lot of great remodeling. It's just so, so awesome to see a church staying on the cutting edge and moving forward, which is what God wants us to do. Um, if you don't recognize me and you were part of the church then, my hair was dark, I think. My wife's was for sure. And uh, things have changed. And we're just a little older, hopefully a little wiser. Lord is good. Now, I just want to say this up front about your pastor, Randy. He said before he's not crazy. I heard him say a few times in talking about money. But I don't know. He said he's going to retire in about 15, 20 years. And I'm thinking, you better start getting a jazzy scooter ready because, and build a little ramp here because I'm just saying, you know, it's, that's why I, I retired before that happened to me. I mean, I just, I didn't want them to be carrying me out. I just figured I'd just like, you know, make, make room for a younger pastor. That's, that's all I'm saying. Um, but we have, we, have, we have a lot of friends. We have a lot of fun back and forth. Yes, thank you. And uh, God bless you, and that's the benediction. Um, I'm going to ask my son Kevin to come up for a minute. Um, I'm going to put him on the spot, and he's going to introduce his family that's here. Some of our family is here today. Some couldn't make it. When Kevin came here, I think he was little or four, and uh, Aunt Chapana said, he was the first rooster in the parsonage. Because before that, previous pastors all had daughters. And so we had two daughters and a son. He was the first rooster. He also has the claim to fame of almost dying doing an evil Knievel stunt on his bicycle over here somewhere. And our sister that lived over here came running to the house. She thought he was dead. But he survived. A little brain damage, but other than that, everything was good. We, we have fun. Love you, Kevin. Why don't you give the folks a hello and where, what you're doing and how God's meeting awesome. up there. Well, good morning, everyone. Your family here today, and we love you. Thank you. Love you, too. Good morning. Good to see everyone. Uh, it's great to be back here. As my dad was saying, it's, it's amazing to see this place and trying to remember what it used to look like, but it's awesome to see. Uh, kept up with the times and updated things, and just it's really neat. It's really cool coming back. It feels so much smaller. Than what I remember, you know, I was that little rooster, and everything seemed so big. Um, but it's it's really cool to be here. We have so many great memories of this place, and so many amazing people, and go down the list uh, that have invested in our lives and loved us over the years, and that we've ministered together with. And so it's it's been exciting, uh, my experience here, but then to come back and see what God's doing here. Uh, we are currently, my wife Nikki is back here. Yeah. You got a little more than that. There you go. <laughs> and uh, Felicity and Gwyneth and Emmeline. 
So those, those are, that's our family there. And uh, we are currently in Robbinsville, New Jersey, which is just exactly an hour north of here. Uh, we are right next to Trenton and Princeton, and we are with a church plant there that's going on our 12th year, I believe, actually. So um, God is good, and we're, we're just uh, taking steps of faith and just walking through the doors that God's opening for us, and we're excited to see what God's doing. And uh, we know the world is crazy right now, um, but God is faithful. Amen. And he is our rock, right? So when, uh, when everything seems spinning around and out of control, we know that he is the rock and he is our foundation. And if we stick with him, we win. That's right. Right? We know how it ends, right? We win with God. Oh, so yeah. thank you so much for having us here today, and God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Keep it under two hours. Keep, keep it under two hours, will you? Thank you. I was, uh, thank you, Kevin. So good to have you here and see how you're involved in ministry. Kevin and Nikki served with us for 12 years at Carney's Point, and we reluctantly let them go to continue to serve God where they are now and uh, just had a really uh, great, great time together. Is the siren still going off at 12 noon? It is not. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God's doing miracles, raising the dead, healing lepers. When that whistle or siren went off, there's some people just had to leave right now. Am I right? I'm not making this up. Like, the whistle went off, the siren. And I, I used to threaten at times that I'm going to cut the wire. Well, somewhere along the line, someone must have cut it anyway. But we're going to try to keep in the time frame. Uh, before I move on any further, I want you to uh, turn to Matthew chapter 16. I think we might have the verses in front of us behind me. Um, my thoughts are I will build my church. I'm uh, looking to pass the scripture. It's very familiar to many of you. And I just want to read it and then we want to go on from there. Matthew chapter 16 beginning verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? That's always the question. Who do you say Jesus is? Not what others say. Who do you say? Because that has something about your heart. Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. How many remember that day when that was revealed to you that Jesus was the Son of God? The anointed one, the Christ, the only Savior, and you needed him. And you said yes to Jesus. And I tell you, you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Again, congratulations. And thank you for inviting me to come and, and share with my family. Congratulations on a great milestone. A hundred years. In just a few months, it'll be 101 years. If I read the history right, May 1921. Uh, time just keeps moving on. Um, and I love the, the, the vision of this church. When we came, right here behind me was the words, holding forth the word of life. And that was there for I don't know how many years. Whether that's not there at the moment doesn't mean that's still not your vision. Holding forth the word of life. I love that phrase. 
For in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The thief Satan, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. How many know what that's like before you came to Jesus? He will beat you up. He'll rob you. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you wanted to pay. But then Jesus says in this passage of Scripture, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or more abundantly. And we were growing up, so many of the songs that are right in the songbook, right, right from here, more abundantly, more abundantly, that they might have life. And more, right from this verse, more abundantly, life to the full. You came from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. After being beat up by the devil, you came to Jesus and you found, hallelujah, this is what I've been looking for. And he healed you. And he set you on solid ground, pulled you out of the miry clay. That's what Jesus does. I've come, they might have life. Holding forth the word of life. Hallelujah. Well, as Pastor Randy said, it was 1982, 40 years ago. Wow. Our family moved from Trucksville, PA, near Wilkesbury, to pastor this church. And in 1987, 35 years ago, we moved to the city of Champions, Pittsburgh. And I think your pastor's a Steeler fan. Amen. Yeah, I, I think he sweats uh, gold and black. Yeah. And um, anyway, we, we were there for 12 years, and then God called us to Carney's Point. Uh, and in September of 2021, we retired from pastoring there almost 22 years, over 45 years in ministry. And we realized that it was time for us to move out of that position and, and make way for a younger pastor and a new fresh vision. We're still part of that church. We're still involved in ministry. We still love the people, great people like there are here. And um, God's just doing good things. So to God be the glory for what he has done. And um, I realized that when, um, when I come to a church like this and I'm speaking and there's a, a limit of, of time, um, it's, it's always a problem. See, a retired pastor doesn't preach every Sunday. <laughs> and when he gets a chance to preach, there's just so much to say. It, it, it's just trying to fit it all in the time limit. A, a pastor got up one day and said, I have so much to say, I don't know where to start. And someone said, start near the end, preacher, start near the end. <laughs> and so I, I, I tried to keep... I tried to keep my, my notes short. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you weren't supposed to see that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I only had 24 points. But, but I realized because of the time, I'll, I'll reduce it to like three or four, okay? I, I don't want to get the hook. He's out. He's gone. Um, but, 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 but anyway, it's, it's so good to be here. And um, I listened and watched Pastor Randy uh, on one of your online sermons recently. And you did mention that you tried to not stray from your notes, but at times it happened. If I, I'm not saying exact word for word, but, but it does happen. So if I stray, um, I have a good excuse. One day, Sister Mary DiGregorio, who loved the Lord, was part of this church, and she was responsible for putting weight on my bones. Oh, boy. It's always dropping off stuff. And I grew up with an Italian mom and Italian grandma, but I just, you know, never started to gain. One day, we were having a conversation. Sister Mary was just talking a mile a minute, and she stopped cold. Boom! And she said to me, my mind just went up for a walk. <laughs> but, but, but it'll be back. <laughs> Anybody ever hear that from Sister Mary? And all of a sudden, boom, she took off again. So if my mind goes for a walk, just stay with me. If I get off my notes, hopefully it'll come back. 
I want to say thank you to all of you who labored with us during our years that we were here. And to all of you who have served the Lord, many in glory, throughout the church's 100 plus years. I have a copy with me that I found of a church directory. Oh, one time we all looked pretty good, Pastor Randy. I mean, I'm looking at this. This is a 1987, uh, 1988 directory, excuse me. It was taken uh, these pictures a year after we left. And um, I, I like the phrase of Brother Hammercheck. Some of you knew Brother John Hammercheck. And um, I know, Nick, you did a lot of printing for him, right, for the, for the couples retreats and singles retreats at Willow Valley. How many ever went to Willow Valley? When I came to this church, someone said to me, are you going to the retreat at Willow Valley? And I said, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I've never heard of the retreat at Willow Valley. But you guys have been gone. So I was like, of course I'm going to go. Some of you will remember the old Willow Valley. Of course, it's all gone now. And we were sitting by the swimming pool. And that's before they had added on and having a service. And Brother Hammercheck, by the way, I ended up pastoring the church that he retired from. Isn't it interesting how we come full circle? Brother Hammerschick says, he says that when we open in prayer this morning, he says, I want to have that young pastor, the new pastor at Malley come up and have him pray. And so I'm walking up, and Pastor John, who was very portly, like Alfred Hitchcock profile, he says, he says, look at that guy. He's a pastor of an Italian church. He is so painfully thin. <laughs> if you were there, you might remember. I remembered it. And when I got up to pray, just before I prayed, I said, well, the difference between you and me, Brother Hammercheck, is that I didn't pray the prayer you prayed, that God would enlarge the borders of your tent. So God enlarged the borders of your tent. He said, you smart Alec." And then I prayed. And that was my introduction to Brother Hammercheck and the retreats up there, which were really, really great. And uh, we all look good. And I'm looking at this uh, directory. And I went through just this directory, 88. And I looked at least 40 people that are in this book that have died are now in the church in heaven. And I was looking through the pastors, because there's a short history, again, of the church here. You've had about 10 pastors in 100 years. And I was also, I asked Pastor Randy some information. Stella, if we have the information right, you're the member who has been the longest in the church at this time. 83 years, is that right? You were born into this church. 83 years. Wow. I commend you. That's just, that's a miracle. That's, that's many miracles. Amen? And um, Sister Zilbolski, if I pronounced that right, you're the oldest living member right now. Am I correct? How old? 95, 96? Yep. God bless you. <laughs> and I remember years ago talking about Sister Mary Pisano, who lived to be over 100. 100 what? 108. 108. Daughters? Amen. Wow. What a... can imagine. What I want to say to you in, um, in that is that God keeps calling people home, but He keeps planting people in the church. And, and I have a, an aunt, Millie Rossi, who is 101, and she's still serving God. She's been part of the Church of God Pentecostal in Reading, Pennsylvania. And uh, my wife and I got to visit her shortly after her 100th birthday. And she was having problems with her legs. And I'm thinking, I've had problems with my legs, and I'm only in my like, early 70s. And I'm like, wow. She says, you know what I miss? I miss going to church. I'm like, wow. You miss going to church. And she said, I didn't just go to church. I was involved in church. And she was involved all the time in church. I thought, Lord, if we had a, 
a, a whole bunch of people like that in our churches. We never say, wonder where so-and-so is today. We haven't seen them for a month. Where's where, where are they? They'd be like, I, I can't wait to get to the house of the Lord. And thank God for those of you who have been faithful uh, through the years. And I might as well say this now, later in my notes, but I'll say it now. If you've stayed in a church in any length of time, you have practiced that little thing, which is a big thing, called forgiveness. Am I right? Because I don't care where two or three people get together, Jesus is in the midst, but where two or three people get together, there's some stuff happening. There's some tribulation. I like to say it this way in a little, another story of Brother John Hammerchuck's. They were interviewing a couple who were celebrating 75 years of marriage. Anybody here been married 75 years or more? Still smiling? If you have your teeth in. Um, so they're interviewing this couple, and the, the man's just very quiet, and the woman speaks up about the secret of your longevity. And some of you remember Brother Hammerchuck's jokes, because every year at Willow Valley he told some of the same jokes. Everybody laughed, turned page, people laughed. I mean, it's just the way he told them. She said, well, 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 when we got married, we, we made a promise. We would never let the sun set on our wrath, which the Bible talks about. Now, 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 sometimes the sun didn't set for a month or so, but we worked it out. <laughs> if you're married, you get that. If you stayed in a church any length of time, you get that. We are called to forgive one another. When you do that, you build lasting relationships. Because here's what you're going to discover. Go to another church, you're going to discover people just like you. Look in the mirror. Have you noticed you're not perfect? Some of you had to put on a lot of makeup this morning. Some of us is like, hey, what you see is what you get. I mean, it's like, like Hammercheck would say back in the day, he said, I had hair that looked like the waves of the ocean. Now it looks like the beach. Some of you, it looks like the beach. Some of you, your hair is still there. It's just changed some colors. We're not perfect, but Jesus is. And as you work in building relationships, you'll say, I'm so glad I stayed. Because you go to the next church, you know what? You're going to have to work out relationships there. You, you go to the next church, and now people are just going to try and find the side at home because there's no perfect church. As someone said, if you find a perfect church, don't join it because it will no longer be perfect. The perfect church is in heaven. Amen? Where there's no problems of any kind down here. Jesus tells us to get along with each other. And a big part of that is forgiving one another. Um, I, I grew up in church, and I think of all the people that sowed into my life. And I don't want to say it this way. Someone correctly stated that a person can count the seeds in an apple. But only God can count the apples in a seed. The average apple has five to eight seeds. Each seed planted can produce an apple tree that can produce thousands of apples in its lifetime. One seed planted producing that tree. And all those apples have seeds that can be planted and produce thousands of trees that can, and on and on and on it goes. We don't know how many apples are in a seed. Only God. Hats off to Johnny Appleseed, known as Johnny Chapman, Born the same day I was, only a few years before, September 26, 1774, who introduced apple trees to large parts of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Ontario, as well as the northern counties of present-day West Virginia. And remember, an apple day keeps the doctor away. Only God knows the thousands upon 
thousands of people who received the gospel seed that fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown, Matthew 13, 3 to 9. Seed that was thrown, sown through this church and through the ministries of Pine Grove Camp in all these years. Only God has the record. But because of your faithfulness, there are many people in the kingdom and growing in Jesus and being thrust into full-time ministry like the couple you prayed for this morning, Pastor Randy. Do you guys save anything? My wife will tell you I probably save too much of everything. I think my mother gave this to me one day. I don't even remember it because I was just a little kid. I, was, I wasn't even seven years old. I have written here Keith Holt, 1957, almost seven years old. Learning God's ways. This was a VBS week at Glad Tidings Assembly of God in Reading, Pennsylvania. And I, I have all my drawings. I was such a great artist. I'm this is terrible. Um, that was never my gift. I didn't always color inside the lines. But here's what I learned. And I was present for 10 days, because back then it was two weeks of VBS. And now it's like, if you find people to work with kids for 10 days in a row, it's like, don't let them pull their hair out. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? It's like, whew, 10 days. Here's what I learned that week. The Lord God will help me. God has power to help. I'll trust, not be afraid. I'll hear God speak. I love the Lord. I'll be sorry for my sin. I will pray. I will give. Let us do good unto all. I will not forget thy word. And everyone has scripture verses with And it was a thing that we learned every day. And I look at my life. I look at the people who sowed into my life. Year after year after year. And though I didn't get all that stuff at age six, almost seven, years later what was sowed into me began to produce fruit. And when I look at this church, and I see many of you who have been sowers of the seed, Sunday school, youth, missionettes, rangers, vacation Bible school, men and women's ministries, ministers, deacons, tithers, missions givers, Pine Grove camp workers, bus van drivers, custodians, etc., etc. Your seed that you have sown bears fruit. And many of you are here today still serving God because people sowed into your life. And the story doesn't end. Because the work of the Lord will go on until Jesus returns. It was 1914 when about 300 men, I believe it was all men, gathered. And God was moving. And that was the beginning of the Assemblies of God. Today we number over 13,000 churches and over 60 million members worldwide. That's just within the Assemblies of God. That doesn't include all the other denominations that faithfully preach the gospel. Jesus said, I will build my church. That gates of hell, no matter what is happening, will not stop the growth of the church. This church, as a local church, is a testimony to that, as well as the churches around the world. My son Kevin and I had a chance to go to Ukraine. It's in the news. Keep praying for Ukraine. I keep praying that God will do a David and Goliath. God will do an Esther story. Turn it right back on the wicked, wicked, murderous man who wants to control these people and destroy property. We had a chance to go to Ukraine and uh, spend a week... We flew into Kiev and then took a five-hour bus ride to the small town of Rovno, Rivni. They pronounce it two different ways. And served there handing out the Book of Hope, a ministry of missionary Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins had this vision that if he could put the Book of Hope, which was a condensed version of the Gospels, in a little booklet with pictures in the language of the people, 
and get that into the school kids, they take that home, and they figure that 14 people at least would read that booklet, because they had very little to read. I just was reading the update statistics. Pastor Randy, they have now given out over 1 billion copies of that booklet, which has been changed, in countries around the world. I was so glad, Kevin, when I was reading this story, what was, was happening, remembering, the gospel got into Ukraine. And it was there before we came, but then it got spread because we went in all these schools and we handed out. We had testimony times. We had evening services where people were saved and healed and moved. God filled them by His Spirit. It's awesome. So the Word of God is going to sustain those people in that country, and the Word of God is going to be used by the people that are believers to encourage people that aren't believers because that's how it works. God's Word will continue, He will build His church. Nothing will stop him from building his church. To everyone that confesses Jesus as the Lord and Savior, he is building his church. And the church will go on until the Lord returns and calls us all in the rapture. I love Colossians 1.13 where Paul says it this way, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And when I was writing this down a few days ago, the song came to me, Hallelujah, what a Savior who can take a poor lost sinner, lift him from the miry clay and set him free. I'll ever tell a story shouting, Glory, 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 Hallelujah, Jesus ransomed me. Now, if you're a member of the body of Christ, Jesus ransomed you. And if you're not, today's your day to say yes to Jesus. He wants to bless your Life. Don't let the devil keep beating you up. He got nothing good for you. Give your life to Jesus and begin to experience the abundant life. Well, sometimes as a church ages, and as people in the church age, saints can get weary. And they figure they did their part, and some just want to sit. Now, I want to remind all of you that we're not done serving God until they put us in the box. And uh, I visited with Richie a few times, DeMarco, and uh, we visited for different events back and forth with our churches and that. And uh, I was at Richie's one day cutting wood, and he said, hey, you want this, you want this? He said, you can't put it in the box. You can't put it in the box. And I'm like, first, I didn't know what he was talking about. He's talking about the box. The long thing they call a casket. You're not taking anything with you. But until they have your funeral service, you and I have work to do for Jesus no matter what our age. I'm so glad for I see people in this church, they're seniors in the church we pastor. They're serving God. Um, we don't stop working. We shift gears, but we keep moving onward and upward like a tractor trailer climbing up in the mountains. Um, this little bag here, Yellowstone National Park, we bought this on a trip out west in 2017. We have an old motorhome, 93 Holiday Rambler. We took that thing out west and back. I know there were people in the church who thought we would never make it back. <laughs> hey, this is Pastor Keith. Um, look, uh, the thing just died on us. We gave it the title of the guy. They towed it to the junkyard, and we're coming back by train or bus or whatever. But, you know, just let you know we're all okay. Everything's good. But we came back. Well, I'm going to tell you what. When you leave the flat plains of Jersey and you start heading out, we got outside of the main city there in Colorado, and we hit our first mountain. And it was like our motor had just died. <laughs> You got the pedal down, and what's happening? And then you hear the shifting of the gears. Keep shifting, shifting. We went over every mountain. 
Even that bad one, Nikki, you were with us, and Kevin, you had already gone home. It was over 9,000 feet. We're like, oh, Jesus, help us. It's the middle of the night. We're climbing up this mountain road. We had to let it sit for a couple minutes, get up the mountain road. And then we come to this light, and it says, if this light is flashing, there's construction going on, turn around and go back down the hill and go somewhere else. Oh, thanks God it wasn't flashing. There's no way to turn around with a 35-foot motor home in the middle of the night on a narrow road. And it took us an hour probably to climb the mountain, not turn around. You shift gears. Now, you got to move on and continue to do what God calls you to do. A uh, retired man was sitting one day, and his wife said to him, What do you plan to do today? He said, Nothing. And she said, You did that yesterday. <laughs> he said, I know, but I'm not done yet. See, you and I can't sit around. Shift the gears. Do what God's telling you to do in this season of your life. Here's what happens when you sit around and hang around. This right here is what happens. This thing's been hanging in my shed for years. In fact, I don't even think I use this. I have a Sawzall now. Who needs one of these hand things when you have a Sawzall? And I probably got this from my father or whatever. And I pulled it off the hook one day. And I'm like, hey, that's an interesting growth. Yeah, the mud daubers, the mud wasps, they, they built a nice little nest there. They know how to build. If you break them open, there's dead spiders in there because they kill spiders and put them in for the little ones. So the little dober daubers come along and they got something to eat. And then they come out and fly around. That's what happens when stuff sits around. You know, when you sit around and don't do anything, you know what happens to you? You get caught up in bitterness. You're complaining. Ah, I don't like the sermon that Pastor Randy preached. What are you doing? No, you're sitting there. you got all kinds of time to be looking at everybody else, just wasting away. You know when they say when you sit around, the more you sit around, the more you sit around, the more you sit around? I split and cut wood. First of all, I don't want to get old and fat and sassy. Thank you, Richie and Newt, for helping me with heating our house with wood from your properties. But you just can't sit around. There's work for us to do for Jesus. And if you sit around, stuff's going to grow on you. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Bitterness, wrath, immorality, covetousness, indifference, selfishness, apathy, all those kind of things seep in when people are just sitting around doing nothing. I don't care what your age is. God has worked for us to do. Don't let that be your attitude in serving Christ that I'm doing nothing, just waiting for Him to call me home. There are positive things for all of us to do. Loving God and loving people, there's plenty to do in the kingdom. How many of you want to talk about? Our daughter Vani is not with us. We're meeting her again in heaven. And thank you for those who reached out during our time of grieving. Some of you understand because you've lost children. You've lost grandchildren right in this church. You've lost a husband, wife, father and mother. You understand grieving. But we meet again. That's the hope. This is hope, Assembly of God. We have hope in the resurrected Savior. We meet again. Her last text to us as family was enjoy people. Enjoy people. Enjoy people. Not persevere with people. Enjoy people. Love God. Love people. And she did that in so many ways during the 46 years that God gave her. We have work to do in the kingdom. It says in Matthew 24, 
in the Olivet Discourse as Jesus is teaching. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses, but the passage is verse 1 to 14. And uh, down there in verse 11, it says, Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he that stands firm to the end will be saved. Okay, so because of the increase of wickedness, we have a very wicked society. All over the world, there's so much wickedness. But if you will stand firm, you'll be saved. If you get caught up in your world and the culture of our world, your love for God's going to grow cold. But he that stands firm to the end will be saved. So I have two more props. Then we're winding this down. I see the clock. I burned wood since I was a kid. Not willingly as a kid, but willingly as an adult. Because as a kid, Dad said, I'm not paying no 15 cents a gallon for oil. People are like, 15 cents a gallon for oil? You're like, how many thousands of gallons can I get right now for 15 cents? Of course, that was 1957. We moved to the country from Reading, PA. We were in a big, airy house. Our house was air-conditioned all winter long. We rented the property from the borough of Boyertown. There were 72 acres of land. A lot of it was woods. They said we could cut as much wood as we want. Dad had six willing servants, John, Judy, Sharon, Keith, Colleen, and Ronald. Again, Paul? Yeah. Six willing servants. We started with hand saws, cutting dead trees to burn in the furnace all day long, cold at night. Split wood with axe, sledgehammer, and wedges. And I remember when he first updated to a big, honking, heavy, home light chainsaw. Light blue, weighed a ton. I was 12, but it beat cutting with a handsaw. Just whoo. someone sat on the wood on the horse that I made. Here's what I learned over the years very quickly. Wood that's wet does not really burn very well at all. Wet wood is wood that's not seasoned. Wood has moisture in it. There's water. There's sap in it. And they tell you, the experts tell you, if you're going to burn wood, you should let it season for at least six to months to two years to let it dry really good. I have a piece of seasoned wood here. I need to tell you, I love, I love our wood stove. It has a glass door. And when I put a seasoned wood in on top of some hot coals, Newt, Richie, you burn wood, anyone else burns wood, and open that bottom door, this is like adding gas to the fire. It goes, Whoosh! This dry wood just takes off, and it puts out great heat. Because you don't want just to look good, you want to get the heat in the house, so you don't have to pay so much for oil. I tell people, every time I burn more wood, I burn less oil. It's real smart, because the price of oil, I can burn it. I have the energy yet to cut wood. This burns great, because it's seasoned. This here, I've had sitting for a while. This here is so wet, I can feel it. If you were here, you could see it. If I put this piece of wet wood in my wood stove, it would smolder and smolder and smolder. And also produce creosote that jams up the chimney. I don't want to burn this kind of stuff. It doesn't give all any heat. It just makes me aggravated watching it smolder in there. And, it, and it's not good. The Lord wants us to be seasoned wood. In a cold world of sin, he wants us to burn hot 
spreading the good news in word and deed. Jesus doesn't want our love to grow cold, but he wants us to stand firm to the end. Seasoned wood gets that way from sitting in the sun month after month after month until all the moisture is gone. And if you will stay in the sun, S-O-N, he'll remove the sinful stuff in your life that leads to lukewarmness. Stay in the sun and burn hot for Jesus. I'm so serious when I say that. As I age, I don't want to let my age determine my passion. There's a lot of things I can't control, but I can control my heart. I can't control the color of my hair, aches and pains. I can't control wars and rumors of wars are happening, earthquakes, and all this stuff. It's all in that passage of Scripture. But you and I can control our hearts. We can stay hot for Jesus. I'll close with these words from Gloria Gaither, which were written many years ago. Gloria says, God has always had a people. Many a foolish conqueror has made the mistake of thinking that because he had forced the church of Jesus Christ out of sight, he had stilled his voice and snuffed out its life. But God's always had a people. The powerful current of a rushing river is not diminished because it's forced to flow underground. The purest water is the stream that bursts crystal clear into the sunlight after it's forced its way through solid rock. There have been charlatans like Simon the Magician sought to barter on the open market that power which cannot be bought or sold. But God's always had a people, men who could not be bought, and women who were beyond purchase. God's always had a people. There have been times of affluence and prosperity when the church's message has been nearly diluted into oblivion by those who sought to make it socially attractive, neatly organized, financially profitable. It's been gold-plated, draped in purple, and crusted with jewels. It's been misrepresented, ridiculed, derided, and scorned. These followers of Jesus have been, according to the whims of the times, elevated as sacred leaders and martyred as heretics. Yet through it all, there marches on the powerful army of the meek, God's chosen people, who cannot be bought, flattered, murdered, or stilled. On through the ages they march. It's God's church triumphant it is alive and well. Revelation 7, beginning verse 9, After this I looked, and before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory, wisdom, thanks, honor, power, strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will spread His tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. It's a glorious church. It's without spot or wrinkle because Jesus gave us life. He forgave us of our sins. And He's changed us, called us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. 
We're going to sing that song. My wife has some things. If you get uh, Joe, if you take them from her and give every family a copy of more notes that you can take home with you and study on this church. It is a glorious church. I am so glad this church is part of the glorious church. It's without spot or wrinkle because what Jesus has done, He has cleansed and forgiven us. Thank you so much for letting me come and share with you today. God bless you. God bless this church. And may this church continue to hold forth the word of life until Jesus returns. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.